And now for a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now, brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, Ontario. I'm Pavlina, producer and host of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. In this edition of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage, we'll be speaking again with Julia Krasunsky, the executive director of RememberUs.org, a non-profit organization based in Massachusetts. We were first introduced to RememberUs.org when we learned about their project of planting metasequoia trees at mass grave sites of Holocaust victims. These include her own great-grandparents and many other relatives. By their very nature, these trees are appropriately symbolic for this purpose. They are resilient, able to adjust to different climates, enduring, strong, and perdurable, just like the Jewish people. Thought to be extinct, the metasequoia was discovered in fossils in the 1940s. Today, metasequoia trees can be found in botanical gardens and parks around the world, as well at a growing number of Holocaust killing sites. The trees have been planted at several sites in Ukraine, and the project continues. However, it is just part of a larger endeavor, as Julia explained in her interview, which aired in June of 2018. In mid-December, she shared some exciting news about the second phase of their project, the opening of a new museum. So, Julia, you've been hard at work there at Remember Us uh, since we last talked, and this is something that you do in your spare time. It just uh, amazes me what you do. Now, you messaged me just a few days ago, and I'm really honored that you shared your news with me and your excitement. So, thank you very much for that, and now you've got me very, very curious. So, let's start at the beginning. You said just now that this is actually step two or phase two of what Remember Us is all about, and you started out with metasequoia trees. Right. So we have developed kind of a comprehensive program that we call a last mile, and that program consists of four steps. And step number one would be to raise awareness about what happened in that particular area, in that particular city or town or village, and bring kids and very often um, bring authorities to the place of the killings of this horrible event and tell people about what happened there. And we plant metasequoia. And that's what we talked about the last time when we talked. Right. The next step would be to we select a school. or Actually, sometimes schools select us. Mm-hmm. And we open a museum slash permanent exhibition in a school about the local Holocaust, about local show events that happened in that particular area. And that's what we did uh, very recently in Festive. And I did message you because I was very excited when <laughs> the, we finally opened the exhibition. This is not the first time we did that. We have uh, functioning museums in other schools, uh, in other towns and other cities. I can talk about that, but this one was especially exciting because it was the hardest project we have done, and we've done many projects in the five years of our existence. We just, by the way, celebrated our fifth anniversary. Oh, well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, yes. And it was the hardest project, so um, I was very excited that this exhibition opened. So where exactly is FASTIV? FASTIV is... um, 
relatively small city in the Kiev region. It's about probably 30-40 minutes from Kiev driving. It's in Kiev area. In fact, during the war, there was one of the largest battles that happened in Fastiv. And of course, the reason I know, because I was collecting all those materials, so I have learned myself a lot about the history of that region, uh, which is very interesting. And history goes back to 13th or 14th century. Oh, wow. Yeah. So why in particular, what was it, some specific event during World War II, during the Holocaust, that this particular location was was selected? Well, I guess, first of all, I should clarify, is, is it a new museum or is it an exhibit at an existing museum? Oh, this is absolutely new museum. So when we talk of museum, it's, it's important to understand when we think we, Americans, Canadians, think about a museum, we think about a large building with many rooms and mm-hmm. multiple exhibitions. Mm-hmm. When we talk about the museum that we are creating, that's not what we do. That's why I keep saying museum exhibition. For example, in Lubny, that's another place where we opened, it's actually in Azasulia village, which is next to a larger town that's called Lubny. It's in Poltava region, and there we opened a room, an exhibition room, and later the um, uh, school principal turned it as a stage one of a five-room museum. So the first room is our room of Holocaust, and then he created room of Holodomor and other different aspects of that area. It's actually a very interesting museum. Hmm. In fact, it's a little bit different. At this point, they don't have a designated room for the museum. So it's in a large hall where we put our exhibition and uh, we actually put TV there so they can show documentaries to the students as well. And it is from scratch. What's interesting and difficult about the Fasting Museum was that we did all stages of museums ourselves, our team on this side and on the other side. We collected materials, we designed how the exhibition is going to look, we designed the posters, and of course we made them and installed the posters uh, and the other things. I can see the excitement in your face here (laughs) and hear it in your voice. Uh, So how then is this different? Uh, You said this is the most difficult. I mean, you gave us kind of a list of of the things that you did, but did you have fewer people to help with? Or what was it that made it uh, so much more difficult uh, this time? And and obviously, it is much more of an accomplishment because you overcame those difficulties. So it was the most difficult because of the level of our engagement. In other uh, museums, in Kriminchug and uh, Zasulia, we had a different level of partnership and different level of engagement of a local school or Jewish community or non-Jewish community than we had in Fastiv. In Fastiv, that everything was done by our team. And when I say our team, I don't mean only people here in the United States, but also people in Ukraine. And we collected materials. Uh, We started from doing research and we collected materials from everywhere. We uh, contacted the U.S. Holocaust Museum. We collected materials from multiple Ukrainian archives. Uh, We found materials in Australian library. I mean, literally, literally, we went far and beyond. Wow. How long did this take you? I think we started before our 
forgotten subtle tips uh, just to get in our act together, which was in the beginning of the summer. Wow. So in a few months, you got this museum established from scratch. Yes. Well, probably a bit more than a few months. Probably seven, maybe eight months. Six, six to eight months, probably. Yes. Okay. So that's less than a year. That's amazing. That is nothing short of amazing. <laughs> Thank you. That's why I'm so excited. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, the additional difficulty was that uh, there are multiple languages. So I write in English. I collect materials in English. And then I translate that into Russian. And I give it to the team on the um, other side of the ocean in Russian. And then they review the materials and they translate it to Ukrainian. So it's even procedural. It was a multi-step process. Wow. How many people were involved, would you say? It's hard to say right away because it's a different level of involvement. They're a very active team that was about five people who were actively participating, three basically daily. And there were people in and out in supportive roles in addition to this team. So in Festive, I, I, this is the first I've heard of this this town, and you say that it's near Kiev, and it was the site of a of a large battle in World War II, and it goes back mm-hmm. to the 13th or 14th century. So let's talk a little bit about it, so I can kind of picture in my mind what Festive is all about. How big is it? Did you would you say? Uh, right now, I cannot tell you off the top of my head the current demographics of Festive. What I can tell you. There is an interesting fact, uh, well, two interesting facts. At some point, it was a completely Jewish title with uh, definitely more than 50 and probably close to 70% of the uh, population being Jewish. And right now, there is zero Jewish population. Also, Fastiv is a known place because the founder of WhatsApp actually studied and graduated from the school where we opened the museum. Sorry, the founder of what? WhatsApp. You know that application that people are using to communicate, very similar to Skype, WhatsApp? Oh, WhatsApp? Yes, she lived in Fastive for many years. I know, it's hard to grasp, but (laughs) she lived in Fastive for many years, and she graduated the school where we opened the museum. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the world is very small. No kidding, no kidding. Uh, WhatsApp, who knew? Um, so what's the second exciting or important thing about Fast? No, it's not ex- exciting. That's what I actually said in, oh. there is the first time. That's very sad that there are no Jews left oh. um, at this place at all. Um, the, it's, not, it's not fair to say at all. There is a very small Jewish community, but it's mostly elderly people. So, so, so this is basically another one of these shuttles that was totally wiped out during the Holocaust. And now you've established a museum there so that people, I guess, in that area and visitors to the area will understand what was there once and what happened, why it's not there anymore. And hopefully that that won't, how can it not happen again? How can you rebuild centuries and centuries of a community in a right. short, short period of time. So that's just not possible. So what is your goal with this museum? So, oh, that's a very good question because uh, the next step of our Last Mile program is actually to start using artifacts that we are creating and what we do in other cities like Kharkiv, Kremenchuk, Lubny, 
we organize trips to uh, places of atrocity where now we have trees planted and in many places where there are uh, memorials and we bring the students usually it's students but um, sometimes it's teachers or students from military schools and colleges and we bring them to the museum as well and we educate them about the you know tragic events of those lands actually going back to festive um, in festive there was another very difficult set of events happened in 1919 when there were pogroms uh, all around Ukraine. And apparently, and again, I've learned that while preparing the materials, that there was a very large pogrom that actually has a name, Fastive Pogrom, because of the number of victims and cruelty um, of those events. So that was also pre-Holocaust time, and that would also affected Jews who decided to live faster in the last century, kind of in phases. Interesting, because I've just been speaking with uh, the Felstein Society in New York, and you're uh, familiar with it? Yeah, we spoke to them as well. They reached out to us um, last week as well. Oh, that's great. So do you know where it's located in relation to Fastiv? It is actually quite far, as I understand. At Kalshtin, uh, there is no such town right now. It it has another name. Havardyskia. Yeah, it, it, it is another name, and geographically, it's quite far. Okay. The pogroms uh, that happened those years were basically, as I understand, were all over Ukraine, everywhere. So regardless whether you were in central Ukraine or left side or right side, everyone was affected. Yeah. And these pogroms, who who were these people committing them? There were different bands or different groups that were doing it. And I, I don't want to go too deep into that topic because I do know a little bit about pogroms pertaining to FASTA, but I'm not uh, an expert on, on mm-hmm. pogroms. Well, I think it's probably it's, it's enough to know that it's not that World War II was was the beginning of anything. It's actually, you know, possibly the end of of atrocities towards uh, Jewish communities in that area. So it's it's great that what you're doing now is uh, creating this museum. So how big will this museum be? Right now, this museum consists of a few large posters that are hanging on the wall. There are uh, several parts. We talk, part number one, we talk about history of this area of positive, about Jewish community, about Ukrainian community, about their life together. And we talk about pogroms there as well. So that's part number one. Next part, we talk about the war itself, the battle in Fasti. We talk about Kiev, a little bit about Babi Yar there as well. The central part is actually about the Holocaust and would talk about Holocaust in general because it's very important to give the general understanding what it was. Mm-hmm. The, the generation yeah. of kids today, they've heard the word, but very often they don't even what it means, the extent of the horrors that were during that time. So we talked about programs. In general, and then we tell about the events that happened in Fastiv. And the last part, we talk about righteous among the nations, which uh, there were, I think, six righteous among the nations in Fastiv alone. And the stories are absolutely amazing how people risk their lives to save absolute strangers. And 
risking their life, I mean, it's a personal choice. I can kind of understand that. But when you risk lives of your children, of your parents, of other people who are close to you, that's absolutely amazing. So where is the building? It's right in school. It's, it's just an area in school. Oh, I see. So what you were saying before about museums, as we think of them here in North America, is, is big standalone right. exhibits. It, it's a small thing within a school. So is this museum open then officially? Yes, it is open. The official opening and festival museum was December 13th. Just as I messaged you, I was messaging everyone at that day because I was so excited. It's uh, half a year of a very, very hard dedicated work and we were all very very tired and very excited <laughs> well congratulations on that uh, fabulous accomplishment where can people find information you must have something online you've got pictures i'm sure as well sure facebook.com slash rememberus.org um, we have all picture albums about this museum as well as about all other programs that we have and other museums as well and if people want to visit they can contact us and we can arrange to visit to any of the existing museums or any of the memorials that we have contact with. Fantastic. Great work that you're doing, Julia. Thank you so much for sharing the news about this museum in Fastiv and all the best in your uh, new your other projects coming up and hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. That was Julia Krasunski, Executive Director of RememberUs.org, and a new museum which opened recently in Fastiv, Ukraine. You can find more information on their Facebook page and their website, RememberUs.org. I'm Pavlina, producer and host of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I hope you enjoyed this interview. Until next time, Shalom. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. To find out more about their work, visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Transcripts and audio files of this and earlier broadcasts of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage are available at their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org, as well as at the Nasholos website, www.nasholos.com. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.